Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is the second episode of The Ian Schlackman Show. I'm so glad that you joined us for another episode. Today, I have a really uh, amazing guest with me. He's someone that um, has really helped me out personally. He was my senior policy analyst during my 2020 run as a socialist with the Green Party. And he is a Marxist-Leninist extraordinaire. Mr. Peter Lewis joins us. Peter, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Ian. Thank you for having me on. Great. Thanks for thanks for being on the show. You know, you're someone that uh, was extraordinarily helpful, not just from a policy perspective, but also from a, a, a like a deep history perspective. You just have a lot of I, I just don't have that that historical knowledge, even though I've had many socialist mentors try to explain it to me over and over again. I just don't have that brain for history. And it was <laughs> always so refreshing to, to have you backing me up when I was running. And I still really enjoy our conversations about Marxist-Leninist history, you know, uh, from today all the way back to revolutionary times. Perhaps we're in a revolutionary time right now. So, you know, let's jump in. So one of the things that I've been working on furiously all week long has been helping my mentor and former uh, campaign manager, uh, Reverend Annie Chambers in Douglas Holmes. For those that don't know, she's a former Black Panther. I always call her a former Black Panther. She always gets mad at me because she says that the struggle never ends and she's still currently a Black Panther. And she is still currently fighting to get decent food, uh, toiletries and cleaning products uh, to public housing residents in the east side of Baltimore and Baltimore citywide. And, you know, it's been a struggle that we've been doing for, for a couple of weeks now, ever since the coronavirus pandemic happened. I'll go into that a little bit in a minute. But today I saw a clip about the Pittsburgh situation where it looks like the food pantry there had this mile long stretch of cars trying to get into the food pantry to get access to food. You know, and I'm seeing uh, other stories about Wisconsin dairy farmers told to completely dump their, their, their milk because the processing facilities just can't uh, process it right now, not because there's not enough bottles, but because the supply chain is broken. You know, the hotels don't want milk. They don't have enough customers, even though we got plenty of homeless people that would love to stay in hotels, not, 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 not sync it up except for one state, which is California, which just announced a program to do that. They obviously have a lot to go. They've only housed a couple thousand people, but it's something. Uh, here in Baltimore, we've been calling for the Baltimore uh, City Council and, and mayor to house the homeless in hotels here. And, you know, it, it just kind of amazes me. You know, I like to talk systemically and holistically on this show. Uh, it amazes me how the system that we're in, our, our, our capitalist system here in the U.S., cannot handle this crisis. Just just it's broken down very, 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 very quickly. You know, we're doing an economic pause, and it sounds simple as everyone stay in their house, but it's absolutely not. I mean, the, the, the economic systems that we have we're, you know, running on the margins, kind of running on empty, you know, making sure everyone's as poor as possible, capitalists gaining as much profit as possible from our system. It's it's a mess. And it was sort of, you know, obviously, you know, capitalism is not equipped to handle crises like this, even though any economist, even conservative economists will tell you capitalism is constantly a boom and bust cycle. And there's good times and there's bad times. So, you know, what do you what, what, what do you think about this, Peter? You know, what, what kind of thoughts come to your mind? Obviously, I mean, for not for everybody, but for most people have a even a shallow knowledge of the situation of the facts. This was largely preventable. China gave the world, including the UK, the US, Brazil, etc. Two months to prepare for this before it became a huge problem. And what did the US do? What did the UK do? What did their media do? They sat on their asses and did nothing. And the New York Times, their media, the Western media, like the New York Times, they 
published multiple disgustingly headlined articles like China stopped its economy to tackle coronavirus. Now the world suffered. And you know, and I know it, everybody knows it, that if China did not sacrifice their economy for public health, not just in their nation, but all over the world, you know that the New York Times and all the Western media outlets, mainstream media, corporate media outlets of the West would be denouncing them for not caring for their people, for not caring for the world's health. And they're saying that anyway now. They're saying that, oh, China didn't do enough. China didn't do this. They're covering up the numbers. And that point alone is probably the biggest projection ever because it was reported a while back even that this Seattle flu lab, they were testing for flu patients with like a specific nasal cavity test. They, as soon as the first COVID-19 case in the United States was announced, the person was in Washington state. Mm -hmm. This lab said, you know, ask the feds, ask the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Mm -hmm. Can we, re may we repurpose these tests that test the nasal cavity to work for COVID-19 quickly? Because obviously this is an emergency. Look at what already happened in China, in, in Hubei province. The CDC said no. And then they worked on their test that ended up failing. Mm. And it took over a month and a week after the first COVID-19 patient in the U.S. was confirmed. It took until February 29th, a day that any, any other year around it wouldn't exist. And then it's just like, oh, so now we were, you're allowed to do it. And the Seattle lab kind of went rogue even before the CDC said, okay, you know, you have the green light. Go repurpose those tests and do it the way you wanted to over a month ago. They went on their own to test it. And if I don't have the the whole thing mixed up. I, I believe it was like they didn't tell the insurance. They didn't tell their provider, the healthcare provider. They just told the right. patient like, okay, you have COVID-19. Because then, you know, I mean, because CDC said not to do it. And then like, it's on record now with the insurance company or the healthcare provider. It, it gets messy. So yeah, no. And so the thing is that the CDC was covering up COVID-19 numbers in the United States by not allowing tests in the first place. I mean, it's just a whole disgusting thing. They could have ordered tests yeah. from... The World Health Organization, at the very least, if they were honestly like not trusting enough of that lab's capabilities and repurposing that flu test. Right. And they had all that time to buy from the World Health Organization. And I heard today that China is sending over a thousand ventilators to New York. JFK alone It's supposed to land today. That's right. China sending over, sending over supplies. Russia sent over supplies. You know, it's, it's sort of amazing to me how this is sort of taking the mask away from the, you know, the pro-imperialist, anti-China, anti-Russia, I guess pro-NATO class out there. You know, I mean, this, it's completely ridiculous to me, uh, something we were talking about the other day, you know, how the World Health Organization has praised China and their, their, their handling of COVID-19. It, it's interesting to me how our system just isn't really prepared to do what China did to handle this so quickly. You have, uh, from what I understood in China, if you know, everyone has an app on their phone. And if you get sick, you know, um, you, you, you basically hit a button and you could self quarantine. And then there's volunteers, maybe even nurses coming by and checking on you, giving you medication and bringing you food. So you don't have to go out and get other people sick. When they were going to the supermarkets, they were told, you know, again, via app, what, what days to go in and, you know, even how to line up and how much to social distance. And, uh, you know, Trump sort of, you know, uh, didn't really like the idea of an app on your phone telling you, you know, if you're too close to somebody else or something like that. Um, but just the idea that if you were sick, you'd have people actually attending to you 
and making sure you don't have to leave the house and providing for your basic needs. You know, the government basically filling that role. That's 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 sort of the right way to handle this. To, to be honest with you, you know, uh, uh, the military, the, the National Guard, I should say, is one of the few organizations in the U.S. I guess that has the capability to handle like gas attacks and stuff like that. So they have some equipment that's similar to what you would need to fight this. But it, it's also kind of ridiculous that. We were so ill-prepared for this. I mean, there was literally the Hopkins like projections of this that happened in November, saying, oh, at least we have 10 years to wait until this kind of pandemic happens. Um, you know, you have the Army Corps of Engineers, you have the National Guard, and that's sort of it in the U.S. Everyone else, uh, military is overseas, military bases overseas, or, or preparing for, for drills where they're, they're conquering or killing, taking over Venezuela or whatever the hell they're preparing for. Uh, you know, like they're totally ill-prepared for the idea that a pandemic would happen, or any other kind of uh, natural or existential disaster that could destroy life uh, in the U.S. or or, or globally. So it, it's it's just it's sad to me that we don't really think about that in the U.S. I mean, you know, we we're the richest country in the world by many different metrics. China definitely has us beat in terms of banking infrastructure. You know, but. And I, and I just don't think that we're prepared to do what China has done. If you look at what they're saying, shelter in place here in the U.S., but you still have to go to the supermarket, but you still have to go out and pick up a uh, carryout, but you still have to go. If, if you're homeless, you know, there's there's no access for anything. You know, we're not even going to give you a place to stay, just somehow shelter in place. If you don't have a washer dryer, you still have to go to the laundromat or you're screwed. You know, like it just none of these things were thought through. None of this stuff really makes any sense unless you're um, a certain kind of person that can afford to shelter in place and happens to be in a neighborhood that has tons of places delivering to you. Otherwise you're going out there and you're most likely getting people sick or getting yourself sick. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a sad situation. I see it a lot when I walk through the public housing projects of Douglas homes, because, you know, um, when we're out there feeding people block by block in Douglas homes, you know, bringing the food to them and, you know, asking them maybe to walk from their door to just grab the food off the table. That's a little different. But, you know, the city then in Baltimore City says, oh, well, we have, you know, uh, places where you could go get like one meal a day. And it's like a little pack of food for kids that they give out in cafeterias. Mm -hmm. And you have to tell your elderly mother to take her walker out and walk like 10 blocks to the school where she'll get one meal a day and it's a bologna sandwich. Wow. And, you know, what's the problem with that? You know, like, and we, we have we have the National Guard here in Baltimore City, but they're not, they're not, they're not doing anything. <laughs> they be there. They're waiting for beds and, you know, medical equipment that New York City needs 10 times over than Baltimore right now. And, you know, uh, they're not delivering food. There's no app on your phone where your grandmother can hit a button and tell the government she's sick and they come and take care of her. You're, you're just left wondering, is my grandma in a nursing home okay? Is my elderly loved one, he lives by themselves all right? You know, uh, you know, uh, is my... A friend who has uh, 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 immunodeficiencies going to survive? Can I get out to the store and help them? Am I hurting them by doing that? It just It's just a mess. This, this, it's just a mess of a system. Yeah, Ian, and actually the Bay Area in California, their shelter-in-place order was extended until May 3rd, a couple of days mm. ago. Wow. And, yeah. I'm sure, you, I'm sure this caught your eye too, right? Because now you've got the federal government busting down warehouses in New Jersey what do they call it? They said seizing or, you know, like they use some kind of term, like rightfully appropriating the mask, you know, and, and that's a whole nother thing that maybe we should go into, but, you know, we can, uh, you know, uh, but what's interesting about that is that, you know, it's like, if that was the, if that was the, the, the Venezuelan government, if that was Maduro saying that he went into uh, a warehouse 
in uh, you know in Venezuela and, and, and liberated masks and gave them to the people you know that were going to be sent to a plane to the U.S. or something like that. The U.S. would be you know I mean before you know before the crisis I mean the you know the U.S. calls any sort of effort to uh, hand over goods made in a certain country to people that live there, whether it's the oil sector or whether it's uh, electricity, whether it's you know food. You know, I could go on, uh, you know, a, a, a socialist, you know, exercise and destroying freedom to have a business and all this bullshit. But yet now we have to do that here in the U.S. where I mean, the, the headline could easily have been Trump liberates masks from evil capitalists. You know, like it could have been like a James Bond movie where like, you know, Will Barr, you know, or like a cop movie, Will Barr runs in and, you know, the masks are then handed out to the grateful, you know, people in hospitals, you know, it's, it's, it's a completely insane time. Never thought I'd see that. Yeah, I mean, Venezuela already seized the warehouse. This was an article in Venezuela analysis from back in 2015, January, mm. where, yeah, I mean, they were just hoarding items, laundry, laundry detergent, food, basic goods, diapers, automotive items. And it's, it was just basically for the opposition to hand them the narrative that, oh, Venezuelans are starving. They can't buy basic goods to meet their needs. It's like, well, no, I, you guys are hoarding it to propagate this fake narrative. It's disgusting. But no, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, after sitting on this for two months and calling it a hoax and everything, Trump and everybody wants to save face. And that includes Governor Cuomo of New York, Mayor Bill de Blasio, yeah. New York City, all the different other positions of leadership that could have done something about this like county executives and smaller town mayors etc because i mean my one of my mother's best friends since childhood her nursing home actually got like a they started um preparing for this i believe in february actually like believe it or not because hmm. like they heard the news they because everybody knew that this was going to happen everybody heard what the world health organization said trump knew they all knew but right the nursing home, they all prepared for this and they're all very sanitary. They all make sure to keep their distance between, between everyone. And of course, you know, that is really hard in a nursing home because the patients don't always listen, especially, mm -hmm. especially nursing homes. You know, they love to swear and uh, sometimes it gets <laughs> violent. So, no. yeah, I mean, it's a rough situation, but I mean, they were prepared. You're telling me that Trump didn't know? Christ. It's it's incredible to me. There's so much more that we, 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 we could have done ahead of time. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. No, go ahead. I mean, it's just China's command economy, their plans economy that allowed this to happen, that they were able to get so prepared that the medical experts are the ones that called the shots for someone like this. It's not it's not just a ton of bureaucracy like in the U.S. It's not just the free market that's supposed to take care of everything. I mean, they actually care about their residents' lives. Unlike over here, you know, it's just rugged individualism. And it's, you know, I mean, obviously, I think that like you were telling me before this is definitely a revolutionary time i mean this is the time for things to really change because the bottom line of these western elites the uk the us you know the the new yorker boris johnson i learned that he was actually born in new york and you know only only gave up his u.s citizenship like renounced it before he was running for prime minister for like a capital gains tax deal or something and that just that just <laughs> blew my mind i mean i wouldn't have known that probably <laughs> if this didn't happen and I mean, a lot of things would be different if this didn't happen. I have, uh, yeah, there's some people I know of that died. A friend's 34 year old brother died. Oh, I'm and, sorry. Yeah, thanks. It's just really frustrating because this could have been prevented. Were they were they in New York? Or? Yeah, they were in New York. And I mean, um, I've heard that 
New York City in particular, or maybe New York State, I'm not sure exactly. But one of the New Yorks, they have a pretty high death rate of people under 50, which is, as you probably have heard, behind, like, it's backwards. It's flipped around from what you expect. You expect 50 and older. Yeah. They say, oh, it's the old people that die from the unhealthy old people. And it's like, no, I mean, there's so many people that died that were very young so far. It's not a joke. But, well, you know, there, there's a lot of talk in the circles that I run in that the the thought is that, and this and this is something that kind of gets under my skin, to be, to be honest with you. Be, yeah, and I'll, I'll tell mm-hmm. you why. The thought is that because the essential workers, you know, you're talking folks that are blue collar or folks that do, I mean, I'm essential. I do tech support for a living. I'm pretty essential. People need to be on the internet right now. You know, the folks that, 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 that keep your utilities on, your infrastructure running, you know, and, you know, coupled with the fact that it, 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 we were told that it, it's so lethal for older people is creating a system in New York where you're seeing these pictures of a predominantly younger folks, but also predominantly black and brown folks riding the subways, no protective gear you know, you know, still pretty packed at peak times to go into their shifts for, you know, different, different jobs. And, you know, what sort of drives me a little crazy is that you have a lot of liberals, I feel, that are just harping on like this one nut jobs comments in Texas, where, you know, he said, let's kill old people, you know, because they'll, they'll want to sacrifice all the economy. Like that's, 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 I mean, but, you know, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but the other week I, read this article it might have been moscow times i'm pretty sure it was moscow times they reported that the i believe it was the archbishop of the ukrainian orthodox church that broke from the russian orthodox church years ago um he just like huh. it's unbelievable he head of you know the, the church the ukrainian orthodox church said that well this is happening because gay marriage is becoming legal all around the world and it's like you're loony like what the hell is wrong with you are you fucking kidding me <laughs> They, 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 they pull that out, you know, every single time there is a tragedy. I remember them saying the same thing about Hurricane Katrina. It's just, it's just insane the way some of these right-wingers think. Yeah. But, you know, but what I was getting at was that Trump essentially, you know, I mean, I think it's very obvious that he wants to reopen the economy as soon as possible. I think he's being told by the experts that he can't. But then Cuomo pretty much said something yeah. sort of similar. Like, we have to see if younger people, like he went on record as saying, we have to see if younger people can help jumpstart our economy. Well, I got news for you. If they're poor and they're working class and they're living paycheck to paycheck, they're still jumpstarting the economy. They're still the ones out there doing to, going to work every day. You know, I mean, this isn't a vacation for the, the poor. There's no one coming to, you know, your poor elderly grandmother's house and delivering food unless it's you. You know, that's it. That That's our reality. Uh, you know, so this 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 kind of thing, I'm not I'm not surprised because I feel like we're sacrificing our our um essential people to keep systems afloat where uh you know i'm seeing a lot of different horror stories right now about um amazon warehouse workers um uh there's a a project that my or i belong to uh socialist unity party and people's power assembly and um you know one of the things that we're talking about now is working with some amazon workers um you know because they're 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 repeatedly reporting uh people are getting sick in the warehouses mm-hmm. and it's not i was just listening i i don't normally listen to the jimmy door show but that out there to my, my fans love the jimmy door show and always tell me to listen to it. and i was watching his stuff on amazon and it's unbelievable he, he had a lot of stuff back to back that made it really easy to understand the solution there because i think that the amazon workers are having a very difficult time uniting across the country and anything we could do you know using this platform and the groups i work with to help be more to help uh, work on that but it seems like at least in new york they're getting organized just in new york 
And they're really understanding that Amazon is waiting weeks to report the COVID-19 cases. After they're, so you got, you get someone that, got, that has a test. They're not getting the, the, the new fast test. They're getting the old slow mm-hmm. test. So it takes days to get the test back, right? And then on top of that, Amazon gets notified that the worker is going to be off sick because they're got COVID-19. And then Amazon waits another 10, 11 days to tell its employees. So you could have the whole, the whole warehouse could be infected in that, in that, in that time. And, they're, 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 and they're, there's literally like nothing they're doing. One of the things we're, we're hearing about is that, you know, when you go in there, there's no masks, there's no gloves, there's, there's no protective gear provided to you. Uh, it, it, it's, it's totally, uh, it's ridiculous. Here in Baltimore, there had to be multiple protests by hospital workers, mm-hmm. not COVID-19 hospital workers, but people that work in other parts of the hospital to wear masks on an everyday basis. And a friend of mine was literally walked off the job because she repeatedly said, oh, I'm going to wear my mask and, and, and did it and was repeatedly harassed by management mm-hmm. to the point where she just said, this is ridiculous. And when she told management that this is ridiculous, um, you know, I demand to wear my mask, they perp walked her out right then and there. Wasn't even allowed to go back and get her things. Wasn't even allowed to go back and, um, and, and, and tell the other employees why. It was, it's, it's an absolutely disgusting situation. And, and, and I feel like essential frontline workers, you know, they're just, they're not, they're sort of the last people that, that, that we're thinking of in this, in this, in this time. Uh, you know, um, you know, everyone's putting those memes up. Oh, thank you, delivery workers. You know that kind of thing. It's like, well, are those delivery workers volunteers? Like, you know, uh, my friends in People's Power Assembly that go down to public housing and help Reverend Chambers out, or are they slave wages? Are are they are you know are they literally dependent on Uber driving or Uber Eats driving nowadays or Instacart? Or they don't have enough money to feed themselves. I mean, that's that's the reality that that that, that we're looking at. And I think if you see this devastating thing I saw earlier today about the food bank in Pittsburgh, you're seeing that. I mean, this is like the new bread line. This is like this. Is, this reminds me of like 1920s depression level mm. shit. I mean, this is something we haven't seen in 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 years. And it's not because of the pandemic. It's because our economy is just so fragile. It's just so frail. That it that it it, it couldn't it, you know it, it one week of this was devastating to workers that are in cash jobs, let alone a month of this. And then what happens the next month? And what happens the next month? So yeah. it's criminal. I mean, it's I mean it's baffling to a certain extent. I mean, am I surprised? No, I feel like it's what all the left leaning people, especially the the Marxist Leninists and and the socialists of all kinds, they've been saying for years that yeah, I mean, what's going to happen? I'm just going to die in case big emergence, and just even every day, the fact that we don't have universal health care, and I mean, that's a whole thing. Right? Yeah, and I'm not going. But I, I mean, it's really frustrating. And I mean, what you were saying about about the um, the Pittsburgh story and, and everywhere else. I mean, I was yeah. listening to a Party for Socialism and Liberation live stream on Facebook today. And they had on the healthcare sure, workers yeah. in, in their party members. And they had this one guy, I, don't quote me on that, but at least New York. And he was he's an <laughs> EMS worker, New York City. And basically he was saying that the EMS union, whatever union he was in, I don't know if there's multiple EMS unions, but the one he was in, yeah, the one he was in was sure. suing the fire department or the city for basically not letting the... EMS workers wear those N95 masks or you know anything really because basically it's gotta be reserved for the firefighters first. And I mean it's a whole thing where I mean there's also a, a sexism and racist factor involved because like I believe over 90% of the firefighters in the FDNY are white males. And you know the EMS workers mm-hmm. it's um it's just a more diverse demographic over there. 
And, you know, I mean, I've heard about this stuff with the fire departments a lot, you know, as, you know, as much as people want to say that, you know, they, um, you know, they don't necessarily have those police brutality incidents, but I mean, it could still be very race, you know, like uh, sort of organized in a very segregationist kind of way. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of our culture for centuries. You expect we shouldn't be surprised about that, but here we are now. <laughs> um, so they're suing them because of that. And it's just like, it's scary. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, you're going to these people and you don't have any kind of protection. You don't have any like full face mask and anything that you need for this. Never mind the N95 mask, that you know, little thing that, you know, I mean, it doesn't do everything if you don't already have it. If you have it, then it, it blocks your the, the virus from going to other people, spreading outward. But I mean, if you don't have it, I mean, the rest of your face is exposed. I, I mean, it's it's just really disgusting and preventable. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's 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 interesting that you mentioned the the, the firefighters. We, we we've certainly seen similar situations like mm-hmm. that here in Baltimore. Perhaps we could do that another show. Because what I really wanted to mention, you know. To jump back for a second and talk about the fact that you know we we were in multiple crises <laughs> before this happened, and we're still in those crises. We're in the climate crisis. We're in the you know uh, housing crisis in in almost every urban area. There's a housing crisis, including in Baltimore, which people think is a very low income city. It is a low income city. The rent is still astronomical and and going up uh, more and more every single day. You know, uh, we are, we're, you know, there, there, there's, uh, you know, there's the, you know, uh, prison crises, especially for communities of color. I mean, there's just, I could go on and on and on about all the crises that we were facing before this. And it's sort of a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a massive exercise in propaganda, in capitalist propaganda, when the ruling class sort of just tells you, like, we don't have those problems that Venezuela has. We don't have those issues that Cuba has. You know, I don't even know what those are these, but they're they're always saying shit like that. You know, we don't have those problems that China has. I think a lot of uh, capitalists, you know, uh, in the media just kind of looked at that and said, "I'll never happen here." I mean, I don't know why they thought that. This happened <laughs> before. Global economy. You know, decades but, ago, you know, it still I, happened. Literally, literally, yeah. It's 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 totally insane. And because those countries that dare to recognize the crises ahead of time and do something about them, such as you know your 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 example earlier Venezuela like liberating a, a warehouse back in 2015 you know because of because of uh, you know other countries kind of go to that you know install a socialist regime but not just install a socialist regime like I'm not just talking about reform socialists like they have in uh, you know the, the Nordic standard reference countries of uh, Exactly. I'm talking about, you know, the yeah. revolutionary socialist country. You know, th- those are the countries that I'm talking about. And I think that it's uh, it's 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 completely, you know, backwards that, you know, now we have Trump. You know, I mean, it's it's a real topsy turvy world. I mean, I, I'm not even sure how to even, you know, talk about some of this stuff because you've got it just 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 nonsense from the mainstream media these days. I mean, you know, on the on the one hand. You know, Trump should federalize everything. On the other hand, he's a boob and every governor's doing better than him. So the governor should be in charge. But on the next hand, you know, there's, he should do martial law nationwide. And on the other hand, you know, I mean, it's just it's just completely bonkers to me that I don't think that the mainstream media, you know, the, 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 the capitalist media have any notion on how to really report on this there's there's not really a singular way for them to say we need this no matter what you know even if it means abandoning the economy even if it means permanently abandoning capitalism they just don't really seem ready to say that they don't really seem to be ready to say that perhaps just perhaps our you know uh, a ridiculous spending 
on uh, maintaining uh, empire. Uh, you know, we are the world's empire. We and we maintain that enormous military and military bases uh, for capitalism because we want to make sure that markets are open in every single country in the world. Uh, you know, but but they're not. You know, they're 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 never gonna uh, think that way or or talk that way. I see so much double speak now about. Trump saying that he's letting supplies go to other countries like Italy, but then obviously media reports that he's not. And because this is all messed up and, and global capitalism is thrown in there, it's so difficult. To, I don't even think they could tell. I really don't think these companies are being honest. I mean, about where these supplies are. I think that you're probably going to see if, if, the, if the government is serious about tackling this, their only remedy is going to be eventually going like major warehouse to major warehouse with FBI or the army or something and just and just busting down warehouse doors and doing a manual inventory but we don't we don't you know cuz there's no there's there's no uh, you know there's there's no there's no accounting you know like a command economy was 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 a great uh, reference earlier because we don't so many people criticize the idea of a command economy but if if there's no national accounting for how many masks and ventilators PPE and how, let alone food or electricity. If there's no national accounting for that, if you just let capitalists completely take over that system like we have, in a crisis you're going to be in a shitload of trouble. Why those capitalists have no loyalty to the U.S. or the sick and dying? They have a loyalty to capitalists on mega yachts, which are already in their bunkers with their private doctors. You know, like that, that's that's the loyalty, and they're sitting there on their iPhones. You know, you know getting shipments bid up for the highest bidder, probably sending them to, uh, uh, you know, very wealthy countries. You know, so I'll, you know, uh, what are your, you know, just on what again? on that <laughs> pretty much everything. I just, you know, just like in general, just like the idea that systemically we don't have a command and control economy. And, um, you know, like we don't have a good inventory of what we even have here in the U S. So like we, like, like, you know, uh, you know, kind of the benefits of a socialist or a yeah, command yeah. control economy, like you kind of mentioned I earlier mean, with China. If it's to the point where on March 11th, Ben Shapiro tweeted out quote, so when exactly are coronavirus tests going to be widely available? And then everyone in the comments just let the market decide. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, yeah, that stuff. I mean, you know, I, I feel like it's tough for me to pick out at this moment. Cause I feel like it just kind of explained itself at this point. What were you going to say? Well, I want to ask you a question. Maybe you know, and maybe you don't. I mean, you know, but I, I think you'd have an interesting perspective on this because back in like the back in like the 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 nineteen tens, nineteen twenties, you know, we the Spanish mm -hmm. flu, but then also the Great Depression right after it. Um, you know, there was really a you know what well, we learn in history books. You're more well read than I am, so maybe you have a perspective that I don't, which is what I'm kind of fishing at here. You know, what we learn is that. The um, uh, not just the capitalists, but the, the the politicians of the day literally saw no other possible system of intervention when there was a, a, a crisis, or whether it be a global crisis or a crisis in the U.S. So they just kind of said, "Well, the markets will figure it out." I think that was kind of the attitude, from my mm -hmm. understanding, especially of the Great Depression. Uh, you know, is you know has has there you know like do you have any do you have any ideas or or or, or you know anything come to mind for you about that and the other thing you know is is have we have we really learned any lessons like like has there been it feels to me like there's sort of been like a weird propaganda campaign that every president and every politician is supposed to be a capitalist and pledge allegiance to capitalism but in a moment of crises 
we're able to do something. We don't call it socialism. We just say that we're able to step up and be presidential. You know, it it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't even make any sense. But that that's sort of like the the like this the, you know like I mean what are your thoughts? You know, I mean, it's kind of a meme on on the internet, but it's just like oh, socialism is when the government does stuff. But I mean, you know, socialism the idea it's worker control. <laughs> but no, I mean definitely though, like the the government is taking you right. know, is taking care of this these health crises. And I mean, yeah, I it's I mean it's happened before in the U.S. Even plenty of times where you know I mean sure you'd have you know the the government eventually helping out for uh, Katrina. I mean it took forever. That was disgusting what happened there. And then with Hurricane Sandy right. in the Northeast, right? And, um, I mean I still remember the mm-hmm. video and pictures of Obama getting on the chopper, like just patrolling the Jersey Shore with Chris Christie. And um, I mean the the PR mm-hmm. that like Chris Christie was like running after Christ. But yeah, I mean. You know, I feel like this is the point where we start to learn. I mean, we haven't really been taught about the Spanish flu, which, by the way, started in the U.S., just like the West Nile virus, just like the two, right. even the swine flu in 2009, they were saying, oh, Mexico had it. Uh, it all started in the United States. And the thing about the Spanish flu was that that was during World War One, and the U.S. didn't want to have that stigma of a label where it's like, oh, it's the American flu. And, and that's why the World Health Organization, mm. you know, they they really want people to move away from calling it the Chinese from that. Because, I mean, people who are savvy mm-hmm. with this kind of stuff, they know that calling it the Spanish flu, the Chinese flu, like it was called the Spanish flu back in the day, it's a geopolitical tool. I mean, they just waited to, like, acknowledge it when Spain got hit and then the king of Spain, Alfonso Thirteenth, got it. And then it's like, oh, it's the Spanish flu. It's like, I mean, no, it's just a geopolitical tool. Mm. and I mean, I have to recommend uh, Media Roots Radio with Robbie and Abby Martin. Robbie's last two episodes on sure, today's yeah. date, on today's date, 4-4-2020, April 4th. And um, mm-hmm. he was basically just talking about the whole propaganda campaign that's going on in the wake of this COVID-19 crisis. There's two parts. It's like, yeah, it's like four hours total. But I mean, it's amazing. I mean, he's really thorough with everything. I don't know if you ever saw his documentary trilogy, A Very Heavy Agenda, but it's it's fantastic and i mean he's just talking about how everybody even you know everyone's favorite quote-unquote not a neocon tucker carlson is just spraying this anti-china propaganda everywhere and it includes steve bannon tom cotton this guy bill gert and I, i mean it's it's just really sickening and sad to see i mean they're just you know helping out the u.s elites just kind of you know cover the rest of it now they're save face it's like oh like I was saying before, you know, what the New York Times and all the other mainstream media outlets are doing, it's like, oh, they're blaming China anyway, even though they were just criticizing them for doing too much and sacrificing the world economy. And now it's just like, oh, well, China's doing this and that. And and all these different stories you heard over the years about China, all these different big stories that were all over different media outlets, including quote unquote indie media outlets. Now it's all coming to a head. It's all being used and, fl- and just flung at China senselessly just to get these ideas in people's heads and i mean to a lot of people including robbie i don't want to speak too much for him but i mean he said it so many times so there's no there's no question Mm -hmm. it's very much like how if you remember colin powell at the un and everybody talking about the 2001 anthrax attacks not long after 9-11 i mean he had the model Mm -hmm. anthrax file in his hand the whole dog and pony show he did at the un just you know and just insinuating that Saddam did it the whole the whole like propaganda campaign right. and then it turns out it was in it was like um 
a bioweapons lab in in Baltimore, in uh, I'm sorry, Maryland, right outside of D.C. by the the FBI. It was an FBI lab, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, but no, I mean, we're already set for war of some kind. I mean, this one, I I don't know if we're really gonna have like a conventional military war with China, but certainly the economic war. I mean, certainly the posturing, you know, having Taiwan having separatist elements in you know, Xinjiang yeah. and you know, Tibet, wherever, you know, Hong Kong, all the separatist elements and, you know, one people who claim that, you know, they're the, they know the real China, they know the real, you know, it's their land, whatever. I mean, they're all just using these narratives and kind of throwing, throwing it all out at once at people. It's like almost overwhelming. I mean, you know, you just can't keep up with it and like what's real, what's not real. And it's a scary time. I mean, you're seeing so many people die. And that's, you know, I mean, it's what the, it's just playing with people's fears. You know, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, I'm very concerned, not just about, I mean, look, I mean, one of the reasons I think that here, here in Maryland, you had governor Larry Hogan say two weeks ago that the notion of a lockdown or a shelter in place was just um, language. Like it was just the language difference between what he did which was shutting down all non-essential businesses and telling people to, to stay home, mm-hmm. but not making it an executive you know, shelter-in-place order. And then a week later, he did an executive shelter-in-place order. And he didn't really give a reason why, and he was just really frustrated. And when asked, do we have enough equipment? He said, literally, no one has enough equipment. So no, we don't have enough equipment. And kind of like wanted the media to stop asking him about it. And what's really interesting about this is that we, we don't really have any other tools in the U.S., other than shelter, other than social distancing. Like the, I, I think that's something that uh, social distancing is important. I'm not suggesting don't do it. I'm just saying that there, there's no other tools. Like we didn't, we were completely unprepared for this. And as a capitalist country, the best we could tell you is, well, go about your essential business because we you, you can't die and no one's going to come and help you. And, you know, uh, social distance because it's really all we got. And then there was a ridiculously long amount of time and very obviously the someone in the executive branch was, was stopping this probably trump himself to get the message out there about masks and it was so obvious to a lot of us that were watching that masks were going to be you know uh you know yeah. said to, to, to be worn universally now but you know it was really obvious to watch trump do a little dance on stage saying like well we really need those masks for hospital workers but you know we just we we don't have any sort of because because now that they now that they've said everyone should wear a mask okay now that cdc has said it and they let the cdc say it okay who's no, going to and... give them the masks who's going to give them the masks i mean there's no one that's going to give them the masks if this was china you'd have people immediately turning out masks in factories and then handing them out across the streets you know uh via 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 the national guard that we don't have any of that here. No one's going to give you a free. Mask. I mean, no one gives you I mean, free the healthcare. No one gives you free anything. It's, it's power, US. like in World War II, for national defense, cases of national defense, to just commandeer factories and churn out whatever is needed. I mean, they changed a, a breakthrough news in uh, New York, based in New York. They did a great inaugural episode about the whole COVID nineteen outbreak mm-hmm. and what China did and what the U.S. didn't do. Yeah, you saw it and what? Yeah, I saw it. It was. Yeah, I mean. You know, they, yeah, you know I saw it. It was great. About. And um, like they use an example of just this refrigerator factory during World War II, or I guess in the, I don't know, building up to it, I suppose. I don't know if they already sent out troops or not, but they they repurposed it to start making machine guns. And, you know, we don't need machine guns right now. We have too much of that, actually. Mm-hmm. That's a different story. But mm-hmm. they could have done 
long long ago in advance months ago at this point three months ago they could have made the ventilators we need because we have a ventilator shortage we have the icu bed shortage i mean i mean cuomo at this point i don't know if he had the meeting yet or the you know the whole meeting to do this but he's still planning as far as i know to cut medicaid during this crisis and it's like are you kidding me and everyone's saying oh it's daddy cuomo i love him so much he has to be president now you know biden you can drop out biden you know cuomo's andy's our president now and you know it's absolutely disgusting and in the past i believe it was two decades new york lost twenty thousand icu beds that for some reason nobody decided to you know like oh let's go get this um and um yeah it's god yeah i mean they threw yeah, go on. Go on. That, that that that's my that's my whole that's my whole point is that it's like we didn't really learn any lesson from the oh, you first pandemic. I'm loading now. The I mean, you know. now but that's what I have to use. Uh, you know, and, and and the and the and then and then the Great Depression. It's like we learned literally nothing from that. And you know, it's like now we want some Obama or like you said, like like liberal, like you know, uh, Daddy Cuomo bullshit. You know, where it's like. We're just gonna. We just want mm-hmm. someone to stand up there and tell us what we want to hear, but we absolutely do not want functional, real change. We don't want the government, uh, God forbid, you know, saying this is an emergency ahead of time, and you know, getting all the masks together or taking a national inventory of what we have or even, uh, turning over a factory. I mean, if you told workers ahead of time well, there's an incoming pandemic and we've got a month or two to make as many masks, ventilators, you know, as possible. I'm I'm like 100% certain that most workers would say yes. Yeah. You know, I'll, oh. I'll, let's retool the factory. Let's do it. You know, but you, but th- that's not the way capitalism operates. It's not the way that the federal government operates. And rather than actually give a shit about the response, rather than actually say like we don't care about this bullshit. No, Cuomo did nothing in New York ahead of time. We care about all we care about. No, is I mean, him sounding good I, right I mean, now. To go and he does further so, into this. I mean, uh, part of the problem here with the shortages and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the wealthy people were able to just like overly hoard the masks and everything else. These, you know, stores like Walmart that, you know, you feel you think that were very efficient would have a contingency plan in cases like this. I mean, they already limit you for like Zyrtec D for your allergies because, oh, you might make meth on the off chance that, oh, this person might be (laughs) have a meth lab in their home or in their trailer just on the off chance. But like all they have to I mean, and then. The, the stores, the shelves just run completely clean. Nothing for anyone who wasn't able to make it in time or, you know, I mean, just physically not able to just run there. I, I don't know exactly when all this went down, if it was like over a weekend or something. Right. When everyone, it was a weekday, wasn't it? When everyone just, you know, kind of realized, oh, shit, this is, we got to do something now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really dep- it depends on your area, you know, I mean, because because yeah. because your governor was way ahead of mine because they there was one one industry that was ready to be nationalized and federalized and was already federalized and nationalized ahead of time. And that was the prison labor industry, which Cuomo swiftly and efficiently made them, uh, you know, make hand sanitizer, which everyone begrudgingly now has to use up there. And now our governor, Larry Hogan, uh, has just said, yes, we will take over one industry, even though we had eminent domain and tons of other abilities to do so. And that is the prison industry. And don't worry, the prisoners who are, who are, over and over and over again being exposed to COVID-19. I'm going to go into that in a second. I want to touch on that before we close out because it's such an important topic. But, um, you know, like they're going to make them uh, make uh, the necessary tools that we need. The, the only, I'm going to give two governors the slightest bit of credit, and that's the governor of California, 
you know, for that order about the hotels. And that's FEMA behind that too, which is fantastic because FEMA giving like 75% of the cost of a hotel room makes perfect sense. Uh, why are we going to put people in, uh, you know, other kind of, you know, like, anyway, that makes sense to me. The other one is Ohio, who also put the call out to like, it, it, states have eminent domain, but they don't necessarily have the Defense Production Act that the federal government has. But they did put out, a, you know, like the blueprints on the call for how to make stuff that they actually need. So people, uh, you know, uh, on a voluntary basis could uh, convert their factories uh, or small warehouses and you know, things like that. And that's helpful, to say the least. You know, Trump is such buddy buddies with all of these different capitalists that I think he was sort of surprised that they wouldn't uh, just all do what he says at the cost of their business. Some of them did. Uh, some of them didn't. You know, he still I think it took him a week or two to get Blue Cross Blue Shield to it to, to agree to uh, waive the fee for the test yeah, or something I mean, like that. You know, like it's just completely stupid. Um, yeah, I mean, and the only thing they have to do at this point, though, when, when the capitalist system fails and there's no protection for anybody is just this china virus wet markets in china which wasn't actually the or known origin of the uh the covid 19 that was disproven the earliest members were had no contact with the wet markets but or the wildlife markets whatever you want to call them but i mean they have to just save face with this geopolitical leveraging and you know like cuomo did you know say nice things or you know i mean even as i don't want to steal the show from robbie but you know i mean his uh media roots radio episodes the past you know, two of them the these people go on Tucker Carlson's show, like uh, James Woolsey, like Frank Gaffney, all these, a lot of these uh, Project for New American Century neocons, you know, Project for New American Century, uh, PNAC from like the, the late 90s, you wow. know, who basically were the architects of the Iraq War, you know, mm -hmm. Crystal. I mean, they've all just went into this, a lot of them went to this, the, the committee, it's called the Committee on the Present Danger China. And, you know, they just talk about all these awful things China did and how this is their fault, how they wanted to do bioweapon a bioweapons attack. And it's just so bizarre. I, I mean, I, it's just such a bizarre, like, and disgusting situation. I mean, it's really important to kind of just yeah. stop it short now, all this propaganda about China. I mean, I've had, I've had to do it for the past few weeks with my friends. You know, I mean, they, they just like say, oh, yeah, they silenced the, the doctor that was whistleblowing about it, which wasn't the case. The doctor was an ophthalmologist in question. And he incorrectly diagnosed it as SARS. And they just basically gave him a warning, like a talking to you, like, look, you know, don't start any sensationalist panic here. You know, because um, a scientist, I believe already at that point, reported on COVID-19 as a unique type of coronavirus. And, you know, at the end of it all, they figured, OK, this is actually a concern. It's not SARS, but it's a concern. They apologized to the ophthalmologist who pointed that out. And, you know, he was fine. He wasn't arrested. He, he didn't just disappear. Mm -hmm. all that stuff is just bullshit and but that's all they have that's all they have right now to save face and you know i mean it's just the media is just so sort of it, it's just like i mean omnipresent and just pervasive with the american public that you know it's it could happen i mean look at russiagate you know it the whole russiagate the whole cold war 2.0 started with ukraine after the sochi olympics in 2014 you know the, the fascist maidan revolution and that was a gradual buildup to Russiagate, to the full-blown phase of Cold War 2.0. And, well, you know, a bunch of people thought that was bad. Well, now some of them, the more right-wing ones, they moved on to, to just join in on Cold War 3.0 against a socialist nation as opposed to the capitalist nation of Russia. And now they're all on Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson is inviting them on to go spread Cold War 3.0 propaganda. The table's just turned now. And, I, yeah, go on. I'm done, basically. I have nothing else. You know, 
Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, well, I was well, you know, I, 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 I uh, you know, I mean, that, I think that's 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 a good. A lot of people cite that as a, as a, a you know, the 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 uh, the original ophthalmologist, you know, as you as you talked about, as like a, as like a failure of China and the number one reason to be mad at China. But the, the, the that was a state or provincial government. And then when this got back to the federal government of China, they immediately corrected the situation, and and I believe they apologized to his family. So I think you know that's going a lot further than I would. I, I mean, you know, you've got state and local governments here, like you're talking about in Seattle, you're talking about New York, that are complaining up the chain to the federal government, and the federal government, you know, I mean, there's really no right answer here at all, as far as I'm concerned. We don't have what China has. And I think I, I cannot get over all the liberals that are just screaming for Trump to like suddenly uh, go a lot further and federalize the National Guard and do all this other stupid shit that I just I mean, if he did any of those things, the I mean, first of all, why on earth would you trust Trump with federalizing the National Guard or 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 I mean, the Defense Production Act makes perfect sense. He, he should have done that sooner. But, you know, I mean, they're only going to be able to do it on a case by case basis. And they're going to go to the companies that have already produced that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's interesting that they went as far as the auto industries uh, for saving, ventilators. That was interesting. You know, I, I don't I, I guess I give them credit give them for credit. it. But the Sorry, system just on, wasn't though. really. Go ahead. go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, I always <laughs> use that term giving credit. You know, I, I feel like Jimmy Dore had a better term earlier today. I just feel like it's better than what the liberals are calling for just makes no sense to me at all just makes no sense to me at all and i think that that's why i talk about this as a revolutionary time because we have to show that uh there are extreme benefits to whatever you call it i mean we we, we will have to have to have another show on this because i'm sure you and i are going to disagree but you could call it a post-scarcity resource-based economy you could call it a socialist sure. economy you could call it a communist yeah. economy you could call yeah. it a command and control economy. There's lots of different terms that you could throw out there, uh, you know. But the point is, is that we have capitalism, and it's a it's a complete failure. And any economist will tell you, including capitalist economists, that capitalism will fail. It will always fail. There's boom and bust cycles in capitalism. This is this is not like we should all be shocked and horrified that 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 that, that the free markets aren't working. <laughs> they they fail all the time. This is not a surprise. Uh, you know, so this is, uh, you know, but I do want to just talk about the prisons before we, 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 we close out, because I think a lot of people, I was on an, on an activist call that I is going to be published on Facebook pretty soon uh, with the people's power assembly. And they had some folks on from all over the country earlier. And I think there is now a call for, you know, finally using the term uh, uh, prisoner genocide, because I think that's where we're looking at with the prison population. I mean, those folks are going to get the least amount of protective gear than any population. Um, and uh, unless you send them home immediately, uh, you're looking at just, just, just going to be a massive death rate in the prisons in Baltimore, in Maryland, we're seeing prison doctors getting diagnosed with COVID-19, which means that many of their patients already have it. We've gotten calls. Uh, some of the groups that I work with from prisoners on the inside, who are saying that, um, uh, you know, officially the prison system is supposed to put um, COVID-19 patients in an isolation ward and they don't understand why they can't because they, they literally have solitary confinement and other kinds of stuff like that. They could easily do it, but instead they're putting them back in the general population. And then if you give them any, if you give the guards any, any lip about 
uh, you know, uh, being sat next to a person with COVID-19 or, you know, uh, being in a cell with COVID-19, they just mm -hmm. beat the crap out of you. Like we just got a call yesterday from a prisoner who reported this, um, you know, and it's, it's uh, completely atrocious. It's totally, you know, people don't think that this is going to affect them. It's, it's, it, it, it's going to affect them. Every single person in our economy, in, in, a, in our, in our, in our country, you know, uh, that, you know, can and, and, and will be affected by this. And that means that, you know, it's an interesting type of global crisis because it shows that uh, if the weakest among us get it, um, we're all going to get it. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, even the 1% living on the mega yachts right now. I think there was just a, a, an article about private New York hospital capitalists, like the dude that owns Catholic hospitals or is on the board of some hospital system that's private, whatever bullshit, you know, is like down in Florida in their private mansion, you know, like drinking wine, you know, telling the workers what to do and not on the ground at all uh, in New York. Uh, you know, like wh why? How is that efficient? Like, it, it, so, I I will let anyone on the show try to try to come on and tell me how this is efficient, or, or you know, or, you know, like that because that's just the stupidest thing I ever heard. Like, hospital workers don't know what they need. But I think it's a, it, 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 it's 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 important to know even those folks that are secluded in their McMansions or their private personal bunkers eventually will have to come up for air. They will eventually have to interact with a poor essential worker who's delivering their groceries. Or you know, um, uh, 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 you know, getting essential services to their to their to their family members, and you know, it, it, this is beyond universal health care, as I will said in the first show, and as I'm going to continue to say in all the shows, universal health care should just be the very beginning of a economic revolution where we uh, nationalize and give back to the workers many 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 industries. Workers are not stupid, you know. People that work in factories aren't dumb. People that work uh, you know, day-to-day -day jobs that are, they're now providing essential services. They're not idiots. You know, you're all calling them heroes now. I think it's time that we take that to the next level. If they're heroes, why aren't they in charge of their own destiny? Why are they not allowed to know when they need masks or personal protective equipment? Why aren't they allowed to make things that actually help us instead of just being told what to do by someone that's probably holed up in their wine cave as the in um in wherever they are, you know? So I think I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, Find so, uh, Peter, Twitter what's the best way for people Peter to reach out to you? H. Taras. So that is P-E-T-E-R-H-T-A-R-A-S. And you can also find my Instagram, if you're into that, at Peter Lewis underscore. Any, uh, any, any, any words you want to, oh, uh, you know, uh, take really this out anything, on, uh, Peter? You know, for this episode, I think that'll be good for now. And I thank you for having me on. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. We don't have that time. Yeah, we 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 normally we normally do, uh, you know. So uh, I'm sure we sure we could. All right, I'll leave it there for tonight. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Peter. Always, always, always a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm so Thanks glad so to much. have you on the show as one of our first guests, as the first guest. So congratulations. Um, yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, take care. Uh, this has been the Ian Schlackman Show. You can find our podcast as always at schlackman.com. Schlackman.com. And today I do have one very special appeal. Uh, my uh, mentor, Reverend Annie Chambers, uh, has started a, a fundraising page for the work that she's doing to literally feed the homeless and elderly of Baltimore City's public housing. You can find all information out about that on her new fundraising page website, anniechambers.org, anniechambers.org. Uh, all right, I'll see you all.